Welcome to the Julian Ho Podcast, my laboratory for all things fitness, health, and wellness. Today on the podcast, I interviewed my own and my brother, my twin brother's naturopath, Dr. Ashlyn Lanigan. She has been a longtime friend. She's been a contributor and presenter to my 2.0 summit, the first ever summit in, I think it was 2012, Uh, eight years ago, yeah, at uh, Primal Movement. She's a friend of many in the 2.0 professional network, and she is currently... um, providing her services at Totem Life Science, which are also friends of mine, of which I have taught, led programs out of, um, and as well, have consulted. A little bit about Ashling. She has a vision for the future of healthcare in that she believes that for medicine to be truly effective, it must be individualized to each patient and centered around their needs, goals, and desires. Ashling is passionate about supporting the body to heal itself, and her aim is to empower patients to take active steps to improve their own health. Today we we talked about all things COVID-19. We talked about how people can really take hold of their at-home life and lifestyle and really maximize um, on new personal developments, growth opportunities, and just taking a break. So without further ado, here's a lot more information on how to be productive at home while working through the adversity that we are experiencing through COVID-19. On a side note, the audio was a raw recording and it was not the best recording quality on my end of things, so I do apologize for that. I'll be working through some technical uh, difficulties and trying to mitigate them in future podcasts, but here we go. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time and attention. And let's get ready for this one hour podcast interview with Dr. Ashlyn Lanigan. Hi. Hi, Julian. How are you? Can you hear me well? I can hear you now, yeah. Oh, sweet. Okay, so we're actually, <laughs> once it joins, then. Um, um, then it starts recording. Got it. Uh, but I mean, like, I can cut this part out in the beginning, and then uh, we can just kind of get into it. But um, just wanted to take time to, like, figure all this tech stuff out. I think it's pretty interesting because it's forcing us to do this. Totally. I'm, like, the one of the most tech-averse people. And so... Adverse, yeah. But you know what? All of this is making me, it's like forcing me to get way better with it. And now I'm like so comfortable with like virtual appointments and like electronic medical records. Whereas like a year ago this time, that would have just made me cringe. (laughs) Yeah. um, I think the future 
of where practitioners need to go is online. hundred uh, percent. Telemedicine is a very big um, advancement. I think. I think as telemedicine technology improves, uh, you'll find more and more doctors able to help more and more people in a shorter period of time, especially since, you know, you're only as good as your own mind, but the vast population and the vast amount of problems that we have in society need to be solved as a collective. Totally. So I see a lot of um, investments, firms and capital investment companies um, investing in the future of health and tech and how that merges. So, mm-hmm. and that's through things like telemedicine. So, um, I think it's the sooner the better for people like us to really get online and get on board totally. yeah. and get globally connected. A hundred percent. And we can start our podcast right now with that as a <laughs> conversation starter to an extent. Social distancing sure. has has its pros and cons, mm-hmm. uh, of course. I personally have felt the last, let's say, two weeks, um, the, almost the chaos and the lack of routine, the lack of um, um, balance, and almost the reactive nature that uh, many companies are taking that were they were taking on to get mm-hmm. online and let's go, let's push out content, let's make sure that we are ready for this. That threw me totally out of whack, and now this week has been a lot easier. This weekend I spent really setting down some goals and objectives and structuring um, my day-to-day. And um, I find a lot more clear about what I want to do, like today, for example. And um, 100%. How, 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 how have you coped? Yeah, so I think like myself, like many people, went through a bit of a roller coaster of emotions. There was definitely a few days of like eating almond butter and pajamas and feeling really doomsday <laughs> about everything. Um, but you can only do that for so long. Like, you, yeah, we, I had to pivot. And so, and, you know, for a long time, I was really like the majority of how I saw patients was a one-on-one patient model. So you'd sit in front of one person and, and that's how I practiced naturopathic medicine. And I think that like, technically that's still what I'm doing, but I'm doing it virtually. But what this has all showed me is that like, maybe there's another way, maybe there's another way that I can reach more people. I can help more people. And so I do think that this is an amazing time for the world in general, but but particularly in medicine where we're really, it's like pushing us outside of our boundaries. Like it is insane, but the main way that I communicate with other healthcare practitioners is faxing. Like, Mm. isn't that it's insane. Like, I, I didn't even know that we still did that. Oh yeah, we like we still do. If I want to get like blood work for a, for a mutual patient, I fax a requisition um, to another doctor to get it. So like that is how behind medicine is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's been, but it's also been amazing. And and like the main reason with medicine is there's a lot of issues with patient confidentiality. Um, and a lot of laws behind that, as there should be. Um, but what I found is that there's several virtual medicine platforms now, which are all like HIPAA compliant and fully secure, and they're super easy to use. And and even my patients, like I, the majority of my patients are young women, but I also treat some older men and, and older women and, and people who are maybe less comfortable with technology. And even them, like it's it's been so smooth and easy and amazing. 
Wow. Um, yeah. Before we get into, well, just for the listeners that are going to be tuning in to this podcast, maybe you can explain or describe um, to everyone who you are and what you do. I'm, I'm going to definitely talk about it in the introduction, but it'd be nice to hear it from yourself. Definitely. So my name is Dr. Ashlyn Lanigan. I'm a naturopathic doctor in Toronto, and I basically the, the premise behind how I practice medicine is I like to treat what's causing the problem. And I believe that every person has the ability and opportunity to feel amazing and to be a 10 out of 10 in terms of their health. And so that's what I strive for, for all of my patients. I try to do this through natural treatment. So by changing diet, by changing lifestyle, plant-based medicine, homeopathic medicine, acupuncture, natural health products. Um, but I am what's called a prescribing naturopath, so I can prescribe some pharmaceuticals. I can also administer things in an IV or in a needle if needed. Um, but I always try to treat basically what's causing the problem and help each person to tap into their own like innate healing ability. Mm-hmm. That's really um, that's really important, especially since um, I think people nowadays have so many more resources available to them. That mm-hmm. The DIY approach is... Um, I guess it's like left in your own hands. I mean, in general, I think people need to take onus and need to learn the skills like troubleshooting, doing their own research and development, because at the end of the day, you can only lead a horse to water, right? Totally. But that being said, like even like I've been a naturopath now for eight years and I have a naturopath and I have a medical doctor and I have a chiropractor. And a, and so I do think that like you can DIY to an extent, but having like an objective set of eyes on something makes a world of difference. Like I, especially when I first got out of school, I didn't have any money. I couldn't like, I didn't, I didn't have benefits because I was an associate. And, uh, and so I tried to kind of be my own naturopath and it was insane. I was on like 40 different supplements because I like everything I learned about it. I was like, oh yeah, this is me. This is me. This is me. And so definitely like it is important to have, like you can DIY to an extent, but definitely important to get a healthcare practitioner's opinion about things. Yeah. I think the DIY was in more so in like how you research the experts and oh, yeah. your own yeah. team. Totally. I think that's really important. You have choice now over who you see as yeah. your family medicine or family doctor, who you see as a shrink or psychiatrist, who you 100%. see as a life coach. You can assemble your own team as you wish. You're not just kind of given these people now. And then exactly. also the way that we learn is, um, again, like we have Google. We have um all the information of the world accessible within our fingertips. So mm-hmm. just the personal um, initiative is really important. Um, and that's where circling back to what's going on right now <laughs> is really important. I think for me, I took a moment where I, I could be lost in this whirlwind and be a victim of the situation mm-hmm. or could flip the switch and say, no, I have control. There are many uncertain things that um, I could lose myself in, but there are many certain things that I have in my control that I can work upon and build upon. So with that being said, building out a structure and a routine has been a really helpful thing for me uh, to get my head on straight. What are you doing? um, This is a two-part question. What are you doing for yourself to create that structure? 
and then how are you teaching others or at least kind of like coaching others through that process? Yeah, like I totally agree with you about the um, about the schedule. So I think it's really easy right now because we don't we're not leaving our houses, most of us to like think about staying up late and like binge watching Netflix. And, and sometimes even if you have like responsibilities, let's say you have kids or pets, or you have to be on a a zoom call or something in the morning, like those are things that maybe force you to go to bed, but let's say you don't necessarily have those things. It is still so important to, to, try to stick to going to bed around the same time and waking up around the same time. And, and as well too, like if you were someone that was going to the gym every morning, like keep that up, obviously like no one's going to the gym right now. We can't do that. But there are so many amazing trainers and, and fitness instructors and companies that are putting out like amazing online content for workouts. So if you were working out in the morning, like keep that up, keep doing that. Um, but yeah, I would say like number one, I totally agree with you, is like keeping that structure in your lives. There's definitely like a few other big things that that I've had to adapt to. So I was joking with a couple of girlfriends last night. We had a Zoom call and they were saying like things like domestic tasks that makes them feel relaxed. And one of my girlfriends was saying like she loves doing dishes. Another one loves like folding. And I did not resonate with either of those things. But one thing that I do love doing is I love going grocery shopping, which is kind of a weird thing to love doing. But I am totally that person that would go to the grocery store every single day. Like I love going, picking out what I'm going to have for dinner that night like, and, and going home. That for me is not a burden. Like that's just something that I really enjoy. It's super weird. I've heard. Um, and so that's a big thing that I've had to adapt to. And what I've been implementing like in, for our family is that we are only going grocery shopping once every two weeks, um, which is so outside of my comfort zone. Um, but we've made it work. This Wednesday will be two weeks. And so I'm super excited to, to go grocery shopping on Wednesday, which again, I, go? Um, so no affiliation, obviously, but like my absolute favorite is Whole Foods. Um, but I used to live on, in the on the east side and so I would go to the big carrot uh when I lived on the east side but now I live in Davisville so big carrot is a little bit further um but still sometimes I go there they have the best selection of sheet milk in the city which I'll get to as to why I love sheet milk um but yeah so we grocery shop once every two weeks and I've had like talking to patients and friends like they don't understand how we're doing that and so what I do is week one Uh, we focus on eating like mainly all the fresh produce. So when I'm buying, like I try to get a a big container of organic salad greens, a big container of organic spinach. And I look at the expiry date. So sometimes it means I'm like that crazy person picking to the back of the fridge in the grocery store, looking for the expiry date. That's like 10 to 12 days as opposed to 48 hours from now. And the grocery store people that work there are like glaring at me. Um, But so that's really important. Is that a trick? Is that what other grocery store people probably do? Well, they definitely like, move like, the, the like early expiry dates at the front. Yeah, exactly. No, 100%. It's smart. Totally smart. Um, in my normal life, I'm not that crazy, and I would just pick up what's probably ever at the front. Um, yeah. But that's definitely something I'm doing. Also, like, there are a lot of veggies which keep for a long period of time. So, like, root vegetables, sweet potatoes, onions, potatoes, turnips, parsnips, carrots, um, 
like garlic and ginger and lots of stuff like that that keeps for a really long time either in your fridge or in your pantry and so those are really awesome and then I do love fresh herbs and we grow them in the summer um but obviously we're not there yet so I buy them from the grocery store and what I do is just wrap them in like a damp paper towel and that tends to keep them for quite a bit longer um and then week one I make dinner every night so I, I usually batch cook or make a big portion and we either eat it for lunch the next day or we freeze it and eat it during week two or something like that. Um, and I really just worry about dinner because lunch is kind of like a free-for-all leftovers or whatever. And then our breakfast is, is kind of like hardcore regimented just because usually mornings are like kind of the crazy time in our house. So it's really just dinner changes up and I plan it out two weeks ahead. So we know exactly what we're having for dinner each night. I know that if I forget to get something, so I make a, a really comprehensive shopping list, um, which I've always done because I hate forgetting things. And my husband and I have like a virtual shared list through our iPhone so we can add things onto it. Um, but everyone understands that like, if it's not on the list, I'm probably not going to get it. And that means you're going to have to wait two weeks until you have it again, um, which has been really awesome. And then I also, I'm not afraid of canned stuff. So um, we eat wild canned salmon, wild canned tuna, uh, sardines. This is also, this is not the can of tuna that's 99 cents. Like this is the can of tuna that's probably seven to $9 a can. So it is expensive. Yeah, it's, it is expensive. Wild salmon's a lot cheaper. Um, but, but getting those wild fish canned is totally fine. Looking for a can that's BPA free. Um, organic canned chickpeas or canned beans work really well too. And then I am like, I am going to the grocery store once every two weeks. I'm like not a high risk population, but if you are a high risk population or if you're in um, quarantine because you're traveling or whatever else, there's so many stores that are doing delivery and pickup options. Like basically every single one except Whole Foods, which I'm calling them out right now that they should be doing it. They do it in the U.S., so it's not fair. They're not doing it in Canada. Um, but basically everywhere, Longo's, Agronic Garage, uh, Loblo's, Metro, Pusateri's, Fortino's, Costco, like everyone is doing it. So you can so just... how come you're not doing it? Because I, I still love it. Like, <laughs> um, is, is the main reason. Like, maybe I'll consider doing it this week. Um but yeah, I, I totally, I totally could be, is the honest answer, Julian. <laughs> but I do live for that every two week grocery uh, run. Um, but yeah, there's lots of options, even if you're not comfortable leaving your house, it's totally fine. And then I basically have a few like must haves. So um, for the freezer, like definitely making sure you've got frozen organic veggies. Um, I go to Costco usually in my, in my real life. So this is all just stuff that I've already got in there. I haven't been to Costco since this mayhem has been going on, but um, Costco sells organic broccoli and organic mixed veggies in a giant bag, which are awesome. Um, I get our organic fruit there for smoothies and like stuff to put in oatmeal as well too is great. Um, one thing that is amazing, and in my before child life, I used to make it like I used to make my almond milk, um, but that doesn't happen anymore. But uh, getting organic bone broth um, is awesome. Yeah, and you can add it to anything. It's so awesome for your immune system because it's got all kinds of minerals in there. So you can add it to soups and stews. You can drink it straight if you care to do that as well, too. Um, so I've always got that frozen in the freezer as well, too, because it's just like an easy add-in. And then leftovers. I just, yeah. I just, I just, um, 
I um, befriended a company called Ancient Nutrition. Yeah. Have you heard of that? I have. And, and they have uh, multi-collagen protein. Um, and they have also like, bone, I mean, these are all bone broths and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you just, once you just said it, it reminded me of it. There's and, so many great companies out there. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you can, you can totally to make it yourself too. Like if you buy an organic femur bone and boil it for like, four plus hours you can totally do it and if you're stuck at, yeah exactly you're stuck at home so you might as well um but it's just in, and then you can also freeze it so you don't have to be doing it every week you could do it once a month or something like that um and then leftovers are really big too in our house um and then stuff that I always try to keep in the fridge is like uh, right now especially is like a big selection of root vegetables um, the fresh produce, so like always have a box of mixed greens, a box of spinach. Um, so neither my husband or I drink milk. We don't really consume a lot of dairy in our family in general for a variety of reasons, um, but my kids do. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about sheet milk. So Frankie, my little, or my big girl, my oldest child who's three, she had a bit of eczema when she was a baby. And so I cut out dairy from my diet and from her diet and it got totally better really quickly, which is awesome. Kids heal so fast. Um, and then fast forward to when she's over a year and I was kind of weaning breastfeeding. I didn't want to do formula, so I wanted to give her milk. Um, so I tried her on sheet milk and there was no issue with her skin, digestion, everything was great. And it actually has double the protein content of cow milk, which is insane. Wow. It's like 14 grams of protein in a cup of it which you get like seven in cow milk. So it's quite crazy. And like, I wish I, I wish I heard that from you or my parents did because my brother and I have eczema and yeah. my mom put us on formula. Cause that's, I think that's all they knew back then. So totally. and it's trickier now. with twins too. Like I do have a lot of props for twin moms. Cause it's, I can't imagine trying like to breastfeed two babies at once. Like that is intense for sure. Um, but yeah, like if you, if, especially if you're a big consumer of cow dairy, I'd, I'd like challenge you to try sheep. It's really, it's right. yeah. Is there a different taste? A little bit. Like what did my husband say? He said, he's like, Oh, it's a little bit grassy or something, but it's not. I guess it's like eating lamb compared to beef maybe. Yeah. It's, I really it's, flavor, right? it's not quite as that distinctive. Like. I also think if you're like a, a milk lover, then you might, I, I like, I've never really loved the taste of milk, but I think if you're a milk lover, you'd probably have more of an opinion about it, but I don't know. My kids are pretty picky and they don't seem to mind it. Um, right, so, yeah. So I, I do kind of stockpile that cause it's sort of hard to get. Um, sheet milk. Okay. Sheet milk yeah. Uh, hummus is another big one. So it tends to keep for a long period of time and it's just like an easy high protein snack that everyone likes. Um, and then eggs. So eggs, as well keep for a long time and I can whip up dinner so fast um you with just like eggs and vegetables especially if I've have some hangry people um so those are my kind of like must-haves in my fridge and freezer wow that's great mm -hmm. that's so nice to know um I think we'll definitely have to do like a photo share where you take a photo or maybe tour of your fridge for us yeah I would love that. Um, yeah, maybe wait till after Wednesday because it's looking a little sparse right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that shows actually kind of the thing. Yeah, that I could do it before and after. Thing. Yeah. That would be really cool, actually. Yeah, um, definitely. When it comes to... Um, oh, actually. Because I was actually... Yeah, can ahead. I share one other thing? I just wanted to talk about while we're talking food. <clears throat> I have a lot of people ask me about immune things that are good for your immune system right now. And they're actually like, you can really use food as medicine. Like there are awesome 
foods that are really good for your immune system. Um, so, and a lot of these we already know, but we just kind of forgot about. So garlic is a big one. Um, allicin and garlic is really, really supportive for the immune system. Ginger and turmeric. Um, so you can eat them in like the full root form. You can make a latte out of them. You can add them to your stir fries. They're really awesome. Um, raw honey or even better, bee propolis. It's a natural antibiotic. The one thing, especially with the raw honey, is you don't want to overdo it. So too much sugar will suppress your immune system, um, which will actually make you more susceptible to infection. But like a teaspoon a day is totally fine. And then thinking of like vitamin C containing fruits and veg. So like kiwi, citrus, broccoli, carrots, red peppers, that kind of stuff is like really, really awesome to be consuming right now. So add all that stuff to your grocery list. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I feel like the the next thing that I wanted to talk to and ask you about mm -hmm. was actually nat natural health products yeah. and supplements and how we can take those things into consideration without, um, I don't know, like your thoughts on uh, absorption, food combination, yep. how to take one thing mixed with another thing, what enables the release or, or the the absorption rate of, of one supplement to another. Right. Could you kind of give us an idea of um, totally what supplements beyond the immune um, boosting ones that you mentioned? Yeah. And so all the stuff I just mentioned, I would eat all of that. So like you can totally, you can take a garlic stuff and you can take a turmeric supplement, but I would just eat it because um, that right. stuff is like delicious and yeah. Um, but for some like turmeric powder, you would just put it in like a curry or something. Like yeah, that, in a curry, like steam some almond milk and make a delicious latte. Um, and right. yeah, totally. You could like it's it's so awesome. Um, so for natural health products, just a full disclaimer: none of these have been shown to treat COVID. If you think you might have it, what you want to have COVID, you want to be calling telehealth and following their instructions. Um, so it's a very new virus. We don't, there's not been a lot of research about it just in general, but particularly with, with natural health products. So what I'm going to talk about are just like tried and true supplements that have been found to support the immune system um, to decrease incidence of upper respiratory tract infections in the severity of them. So like, the three, why don't we talk about like the three maybe best supplements that most Canadians can be taking right now. Um, and I would say like number one, which a lot of us know about, but we forget all the time is vitamin D. And why I say like, particularly for Canadians is that we're all deficient. This is why Health Canada doesn't, it's not covered under OHIP for the general population to test anymore. We're just told that everyone should be taking a thousand IUs of vitamin D a day. And, and I do love to nerd out on like facts and science and whatever, but I'm going to try to not do that. Um, and, and basically just like the bottom line is vitamin D has been found to prevent and help fight viral lung infections. And so in pre- um, social distancing life, I recommend that all um, my patients and, and just everyone should get tested for their vitamin D levels. And then from there, you can determine how much you should be taking. But I am not recommending that anyone goes um, to labs right now unless absolutely medically necessary. So definitely getting your vitamin D tested would probably not fall into this category. Um, so what I'm recommending is that everyone just take at least 1,000 to 2,000 IUs a day. And the form is really important. So vitamin D is a fat-soluble vitamin. 
So if you're taking those white tablets, um, first stop, but if you, if you don't want to waste them, make sure you eat them with a large amount of fat. So have them with a couple tablespoons of almond butter or an avocado or like make sure you're eating a lot of fat with them so that you'll absorb some of the vitamin D in there. And then better yet, just take your vitamin D in like a liquid fat emulsion form or a gel capsule form. Um, and that's how you're going to absorb vitamin D the best. So definitely everyone should be taking their vitamin D. Number two, which I think is probably a little bit less known, are probiotics. Um, and so our immune systems are highly affected by our gut. And our gut is made up of a ton of different bacteria. And actually, a pretty recent study that came out of Harvard found that supplementing with probiotics had been shown to reduce the, the number of upper respiratory tract infections a person get each, gets each year. Um, and you can take them in a supplement form. If you are taking them in a supplement form, I generally recommend, well, first talking to your healthcare provider about which one you should take. But taking a multi-strain probiotic, if you're not good with dairy, um, looking at the ingredients, because most probiotics are going to be dairy-based. But you can also eat your probiotics too. So sauerkraut, kimchi, um, fermented veggies. I'll give a shout out to one of my patients who started Bubba's Pickles, um, which are really delicious um, fermented pickles um, or fermented cucumbers is a new pickle that um, and then if you're okay with, with dairy, yogurt is an option. Kombucha is another great option, and it's pretty delicious. And but just with kombucha, you want to watch out for the sugar content because a lot of them do are pretty high in sugar. Um, so vitamin D, number one, probiotics. And then my third thing that I think everyone should be taking um, would be zinc. And so zinc, yeah, really helps to support the immune system. It helps to fight off um, viruses and bacteria that we're coming into contact with. And we know that zinc deficiency has been shown to relate to higher incidence of pneumonia and other viral infections. Um, and so we could apply this to like kind of in general respiratory tract infections. And so the recommended dose is somewhere between 10 to 30 milligrams um, of zinc a day. And in the form, the best form would be picolinate, zinc picolinate, but citrate is pretty good too. You want to make sure you take your zinc with food because it will make you feel nauseous on an empty stomach. And you want to try to take your minerals basically like on their own. So you want to try to take zinc if you're taking iron or you're taking a multivitamin, take it away from your zinc. Um, but yeah, basically like minerals are best absorbed on their own. They're going to compete for absorption with other minerals. And if you are going to take zinc more than 30 milligrams a day, or you're going to take it for longer than like a two month period, you want to consider balancing it with a bit of copper because it will deplete your copper stores for sure. Wow. Mm -hmm. What are the natural forms of zinc? Where does it show up in, in food? Vegetables? Yeah. So it's kind of in random foods that we like the average person doesn't eat a ton of like oysters are really high in zinc. Actually, pumpkin seeds are really high in zinc, too. Um, yeah, so it's in a lot of seeds and things like that, but it is hard to get the dose um, that seems to make a difference with our immune system, like that around the 30 milligram mark uh, through food. How much would that, would you say, like in terms of pumpkin seeds? <laughs> it would be a lot of pumpkin seeds. Like miles of... It would basically, I don't, I don't know off the top of my head, but probably like it would mean pumpkin seeds at every meal. Yeah. Wow. And 
And like, like it's still, that's still going to be a great thing to do. And I don't think you need to take zinc like year round or anything like that, but it wouldn't be a bad thing to include if you were looking for something to include in terms of your supplements to support your immune system right now. Mm. Yeah. Um, how does taking in a supplement like vitamin D compete with actually getting it from the sun? Yeah. Is that different? So, no. So like vitamin D, the only good natural source of vitamin D is through the sun. The issue is, is where we fall on the equator, we only can get vitamin D from the sun from about like the end of May to the beginning of September. So that's why Canadians are so deficient in vitamin D is just naturally we don't get it. Let's say you're living like, I don't know, in Mexico or somewhere that's like a lot hotter year round, a lot closer to the sun. Um, you wouldn't necessarily need to supplement with, with vitamin D. Okay, so then even if the sun's shining like the other day was so gorgeous, I was just doing some stand-up right outside my, uh, well, not on my deck, but um, I have like a a sliding door and it just opens. Is that good to get like my skin exposed and all that stuff? Does that still give me vitamin D? So like vitamin N, I would call that like nature. So that's amazing, but you're really gonna, you're really not gonna absorb any vitamin D right now. We're just too far away, yeah. In another couple of months, um, maybe. But you would also like you. The other thing is how you absorb vitamin D is you need to be outside between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. with most of your skin exposed for at least 20 minutes. Uh, it's like on a beach. Yeah, exactly. So you're, if you're on a beach vacation or you're at your cottage for the weekend or something, like okay, great, you're probably getting it. But if you're working a nine to five job. Um, most likely, unless you're like sitting out in your bikini at lunch or something, you're probably not uh, going to be getting it from the sun Monday to Friday. Mm. You know, I, I'm curious with um, supplements and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I think hard part for like, consumers or just people in general is they're being told to take these things mm-hmm. and that it'll benefit them in certain ways. What are the feelings? if you are depleted or deficient in them, because I think most people would definitely feel great and they're optimal, but what happens if you're depleted of vitamin D or if you're not taking probiotics and zinc, what happens if, what, what is the feeling, the symptoms of being really low? Totally. So each thing has a different symptom. Vitamin D, your immune system suppressed. So we know that like, for example, when we test vitamin D levels in patients with cancer, they're like bottom of the barrel low. So it's hard to say like chicken or the egg, is it the cancer that depletes the vitamin D or was it depleted, which made them more susceptible? Who knows? Um, But in terms of vitamin D, like people that are chronically um, getting sick all the time, that would be another sign your vitamin D is low. And vitamin D also plays a huge role in terms of mood. And so um, if like this, it's, it's fully, it would not be the only thing that would contribute to something like depression, but it definitely would play a role for sure. So, um, and vitamin D, it plays a million other roles in the body, but those are just a few of them. And again, like in our regular lives, I don't usually just broad, we recommend everyone take something. But the thing is, is like the, the pro is not outweighing the con of leaving your house to go to a lab to expose yourself and other people um, right now. But in like in my practice, I would always test my patient's vitamin D. And then that way we know like, okay, this is your level. Therefore, you're going to take this dose for this amount of time. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of probiotics, like 
like a, a big sign your your probiotics are off would be a digestive symptom. So for example, like diarrhea or constipation or burping or gas or bloating or things like that, that's like a an easy sign that your your gut bacteria is off. Also, if you've been on antibiotics, um, then definitely your gut bacteria is going to be affected from that. Um, or if you've had any kind of like um, your like um, IBS, so for example, Crohn's or colitis, or sorry, those are IBD, but Crohn's or colitis or irritable bowel syndrome alone. Um, so those tend to be signs that our gut bacteria is off. But now what we're finding is. It's not like that's why we recommend probiotics now for your immune system is that it's not just digestive, like probiotics have a huge impact on like mental health um, and and serotonin levels and and so many other things. So it is really like um, can affect a lot of different systems of the body. And then zinc, when zinc levels are really low, people tend to get like some weird symptoms. So one is they get little white lines in their nails. So it almost looks like if anyone's ever like pinched their, their nail in something and you get like a white line like that, but it's over kind of multiple nails, um, kind of like a minerally tasting taste in your mouth. It can often be a zinc deficiency or like problems with hair, skin, nail growth can also be um, a zinc deficiency as well. So all of these signs and symptoms come from like our, um, I guess like what we excrete and what we kind of grow out of ourselves. So like your pee, your poo, your hair, your nails, mm -hmm. your tears, your sweat, like all these are indicators totally. uh, of like either healthy uh, diet, nutrition and lifestyle versus unhealthy versions of that. So I guess the main lesson here is to pay attention mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, be in tune with your health. hundred uh, percent. I think to have maybe, uh, you mean hygiene is very important. So having a good morning routine, evening routine. Definitely. And there's, and, there's um, like a lot of other, like those are the three supplements that are like tried and true, pretty much good for everyone. There are a lot of other natural health products that you can consider, um, but you would want to talk to your healthcare provider, such as your naturopathic doctor, your medical doctor before starting any of them. Um, but there's lots of other options, like there's herbs, echinacea, andrographis, licorice, vitamin C, iron, like so many other ones, but you really do want to discuss it with a healthcare practitioner before starting anything. Um, and uh, when social distancing comes to an end, because it will eventually, um, the absolute best thing that I recommend uh, for my patients to promote their immune systems is doing intravenous vitamin mineral infusions. Um, so your naturopathic doctor or medical doctor can customize your formula to your specific needs. Um, it's amazing. It's obviously not something that we can do right now, um, but hopefully in the future we can get back to it. Yeah, um, it was cool doing it with yeah. you and my brother all at the same time. <laughs> I thought that was so, it was so group podcast or group It was lab, totally uh, group lab. Type. Gwyneth would love it. Well, what, what, are you, what are your thoughts on, on the group podcast or group Oh, I love it. Netflix? I totally love it. Um, I, I love Gwyneth. I think she's amazing. What were some of my favorites? I really liked the, oh, what's the cold guy? Um, what's his name? What yes. Yeah. And it's yes. actually, it's so funny. So I watched that one with my husband and now every morning I can hear him in the shower. Like I'm not going to make the noise because it's going to like blow people's eardrums if I blow into the phone like that, but his like deep breathing. Um, and my kids yes. are all like, Oh, daddy's having a shower. Like that's 
now what they associate with. Um, but yeah, I loved that one. I also loved, um, this is like, I, I don't practice any kind of um, energetic or psychic medicine, but I really thought the, like the, the episode about the psychic was really cool. And um, I forget what it was called. Like, Oh, you're into it. I thought that was really interesting. Cause, cause totally like we all have these like intuitions um, which I've learned to trust mine over the years. But yeah, no, I love Gwyneth. I love Goop. It's awesome. Do you think that, um, I mean, there's a lot of people that uh, like it and there's a lot of people that dislike yeah. it. Yeah. There's uh, multiple critics said this was a win for pseudoscience. <laughs> um, uh, what are your thoughts on the criticisms on this and how do you feel being on the side of the pro side? <laughs> So yeah, I would yeah. say number one is you're not going to like please all the people all the time. Def- definitely. Also too, what I would challenge those people is, okay, let's look at research just in nutrition. So when I graduated from naturopathic college a million years ago, we were, what we, the, the nutrition status at that time was you want to eat five small meals a day um, like it's really important to maintain your blood sugar. And now like fast forward to 2019, 2020, we're like, no, you only want to eat one meal a day. You want to fast all the time. It used to be fat is terrible. Fat is evil. You need to eat really low fat. Now it's like every diet, keto, whatever is all high fat diets. So I think what we know is that there isn't one right answer, especially when it comes to nutrition, but a lot of like naturopathic not not a lot of naturopathic medicine because it still fits into that evidence-based model but a lot of things don't fit into that evidence-based model that um the randomized control trial that we've we've deemed to be like the best way to assess things and so I think we need to start thinking outside the box in terms of how we're like how we're qualifying our evidence and the other yeah and and the other thing is is um, so to be able to prescribe pharmaceuticals, I had to do an additional course um, to do that. And it was it was totally not like I was living in this like hippie world of naturopathic medicine for 100 years. And then I took this like pharmacy course, which was um, really eye opening and interesting. But it's also like the number needed to treat for a medication to get on the market is like in my opinion, was like crazy low. And so I think that like a lot of times people are like, oh, Um, when you look at research, like this is definitively like the best thing for this, but you can never say that with anything. Cause if you can find a research study to support it, you can find one to refute it always. Um, so that's, yeah, that would be my take on that. And, and it's not going to be for everyone. Um, but I love it. (laughs) Well, it definitely makes it accessible and, um, there's a, there's, it's maybe sometimes a fine line between education and entertainment yeah. and this is siding on more of the entertainment side but I think that's the hook it's how do we get it into pop culture and get people to talk about mm-hmm. it and that opens doors whether it's you know agreeable or not or disagreeable information or again the delivery of the information I think it's still good because it gives people more perspective and it gives people access to what leading scientists are are discovering and what the more inquisitive uh, curious person like Gwyneth Paltrow and her team are 
are just trying to explore. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the episode titles are The Healing Trip, Cold Comfort, mm-hmm. The Pleasure is Ours, The Health Band Plan, The Energy Experience, and Are You Intimate? Mm-hmm. There's another show. Uh, I don't know if you watched this one. This is um, called The User's Guide to Cheating Death. I haven't. Have you heard I've of heard that? of it, yeah, but Guide I haven't watched it yet. Timothy Caulfield. And this one... This was an. I really I fell in love with this one because he does take on that evidence based approach. And he, I mean, seasonal season episode names are like detox debunked, the truth behind the phenomenon, the fountain of youth, the science of cosmetics, um, full potential, genetic testing, and the rise of personalized medicine, losing it, extreme dieting, uh, au natural, turning our back to modern medicine, and science exploitation. There's a lot of really, uh, again, interesting ways he goes about presenting this information. It's very similar to the Goop Lab. Um, but again, one thing that I find was a little bit disruptive here was uh, he used Timothy Caulfield as a professor uh, from actually U of, a, U of mm-hmm. Alberta. And he, um, he definitely consults uh, all the doctors, professors out there, um, but he does, I think he was, he was bashing um, Gwyneth's Yeah, Gublak. he also is a pretty big naturopathic basher as well. <laughs> yeah, so what yeah. is with this, this whole world, and what are your thoughts on yeah, this? Yeah, like, again, I would say you're not going to please everyone all the time, and it's just, like, what I found is that in life there are people that are like going to give you energy and people suck your energy and, and like kind of tuning myself into, to that is not going to be something that's like a positive energy source for me. Um, so yeah, so I, for the most part, I'm, I'm in a bunch of um, different naturopathic Facebook groups and they're always posting like, Oh, so-and-so said this about us and whatever. And, and there'll be that one outlier, naturopath or someone calling themselves a naturopath that's saying something that is untrue or really controversial and, and kind of giving us all a bad name but yeah so that's sort of I just like yeah let it roll off my back <laughs> right yeah for mm-hmm. sure um, I, I think that's just how it is with everyone yeah. uh, and their practice and their profession that um, yeah you can't please everyone but as long as you're hopefully trying with good intentions and you've done your due diligence with the research, not only on, uh, I guess, the scientific level, but also learning about the, the human behind mm-hmm. it. You know, human-centered research and designing for that person is, um, is really, really important. Yeah. Um, let's, 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 I wanted to uh, see your thoughts on or actually, what is your approach to like your own fitness and your own um, sanity yeah. in terms of like mental health and how you're going about it? Well, speaking about like people who are counter to what you do for a living, um, like a Timothy Caulfield who bashes naturopaths, right. like how do you handle that? And how do you, you have a, you said you have a, a group of naturopaths and you kind of go to that is that a really important thing that we should all totally I think having that when we're we're facing it like having that support network I think is huge um also for me I just find like meditating is is so awesome and I think like this is a great opportunity because whenever I talk to my patients about mindfulness 
um, I treat a lot of really busy professional people and they're like, I don't have time for that. Like, okay, it's on my list. I might get to it once a week. So now we're, we're in this place where we actually do have the opportunity to establish a mindfulness practice. Um, and also some of like the uh, great apps like Headspace, um, Calm, I, those are the only two that come to mind. There's so many out there um, are, are offering like free services right now. So you can check it out and see how it's going. But I think like that for me really helps me to like clear my mind and focus on what's important and what's going to serve my patients and, and my family. Um, the other thing that really helps to like keep me kind of sane and grounded um, in, in real life as well as what's going on right now is exercise. Um, so I am about 15 weeks pregnant right now. So my exercise routine right now is much different than it was four months ago. Um, but pardon? Thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, super exciting. This is number three. So it's also a little bit scary, but it'll be great. Um, but yeah, so, so in my, like, I was thinking about like, oh my God, if this happened five months ago, I would have loved like running outside and doing like the hit workouts and that type of stuff. Like I do really love that intense exercise. Um, but just for me right now, it's not feeling good. But what is amazing is there's like so many awesome virtual classes. I was so sad to see that Sweat and Tonic um, did a prenatal yoga class yesterday and I missed it, which was devastating. Um, but there, okay. there are so many. And also too, like, I know a lot of, I was talking to some patients this week that are like, oh, like I try to do these classes and like my kids are around and it's just like a disaster. And so there's actually a lot of like um, kid and even pet friendly, like exercise classes now. Um, I used to live, as I was saying, on the east side of Toronto and um, my neighbor, Megan, started a company called Appleseed Yoga, which is a kid's yoga, um, runs kid's yoga classes, which is really cool. And uh, she's doing online um, classes right now uh, as well, which is awesome. And it's so nice to support like local business as much as you can. Um, there's also another big one right now is Cosmic Kids Yoga. I think I want to say the lady's Australian, but I could be wrong. Um, but uh, yeah, so there, like, there's lots of ways that you can kind of incorporate your kids and whatever into your workout. So you're physically doing, you're physically doing the classes. Yeah. And so like, uh, uh, yeah, a lot of like the yoga, it's kind of like, it's like play as well as yoga. So you do the yoga poses, but Megan would be like, okay, now we're being a bear and now we're being a dog. And yeah. So it's kind of, it's, it's cool. And it's also like a great way to interact with your kids. Cause I as well have like a bunch of groups of, um, like mom groups and stuff like that of people that are just like, okay, what is like, this is a 15 minute time killer. This is a 45 minute time killer with your kids. Um, so definitely these are something that you can do to like, be, to enjoy yourselves while you're doing it. And also it like eats up a good chunk of, um, of like free time, which is wonderful. <laughs> but yeah. I think we're going back to like um, home economics <laughs> and we're learning how to cook, clean. That's it. Be mindful about our space at home. 100%. Um, maybe the ergonomics of the things like how we design our, our, our spaces for, totally. uh, I guess, like more time spent yeah. at home. Is that sort of something that you guys had to 
Yeah, like I am talking to you currently from my bedroom with my mother-in-law's like 40-year-old card table is my desk. Um, and randomly, my husband had an extra office chair. He This is just like business for usual, business as usual for him because he uh, has a home office, except for the fact that everyone is home all the time. So that part is probably not ideal for him. Oh, um, but yeah, so it's like at week one, I was on like a... I don't even know some sort of stool and I was using my like night table as a table. Um, and so, yeah, we've evolved and made things more comfortable um, for sure. I think that's really yeah. important. Uh, <laughs> being able to design your space environment definitely uh, governs to an extent your behavior. So uh, for me, I had to readjust and reorient my desk, yes. my, my kitchen table and I made it my desk now and I've created my own gym. Amazing. I have my own yoga space in my condo. It's not a huge condo, but it's got enough for all the things that I want to do because it was a reality check for me to not have access to a gym. I mean, all my career, Mm -hmm. all my career, I've always had working as a personal trainer and group fitness instructor, I've always had the gym available to me, but I, it was, it only dawned upon me last week, earlier this, oh yeah, this last, this past week. Like, if you want to do weight training, you have to have your weights and stuff like that available to you. You're not going to be able to go to the gym. So that's definitely part of recreating my normal routine and assembling the things that I normally uh, would have access to. I think that building a sense of familiarity and bringing those items in, those tools, will definitely help cope with the social and it's going to be huge going forward the fact that you've like learned and adapted that so let's say I don't know you have a job now where you have to be traveling and you're in hotels and like maybe they don't have gyms I don't know it's like the one hotel in the world that's not a gym or something but now you're like okay well I can do my workout body weight or I can do my workout using whatever as my like I think it's it like it's really easy to get bogged down and like how much things suck right now. But I also think it's, it's a huge opportunity for like us to change like the way we're doing things and like to look at, yeah, exactly. And like now you're, you're never going to have the excuse in the future. Like, Oh, I can't get to the gym. I can't work out. Like you can just do it at home. You did it at home for God knows how long, (laughs) hopefully not forever. (laughs) I I think it kind of, it shook us a little bit and it's given us the chance to experiment with how we can again adapt and, and uh, update some of the the habits that we may not have really understood. There's a lot of default patterns that we've undertaken and the default patterns can cause blind spots and only now are we exposed full on and we can now extract from and extrapolate from those those sticky points that are like, oh, this is not really uh, a good thing that I was doing in the past. And um, with all this extra time and um, yeah, it, it gives us the chance to either reset, regroup, regroup and pour our efforts into things that we never had time for. So um, I'm curious, what is something that you're doing now uh, other than the things that you've mentioned that you never had time for and now you're kind of like oh maybe I should make time yeah what is something that I'm doing now like definitely I would say my mindfulness has happening on a daily basis now for sure um I think like a lot of the kid exercise like I I was 
not like exactly like I would I go to a gym that has babysitting I drop my kids from babysitting go to my nice civilized workout come back and get them it was great um and like I'd never even thought of the idea of like how would I do a workout with my kids here um yeah so that for sure has been huge obviously like I talked about already but like the way that I shop and cook and that has has completely evolved um, and even like one thing I was, this is not the question asked me at all, but I just thought of it when you were talking about exercise. Um, I was, ha- a lot of my patients are on, um, the, in the 14 day quarantine, um, because they're getting back from, from traveling places. And I was talking to a patient yesterday and she was saying like, I'm, I'm getting on average less than 2000 steps a day. And this is a woman that was like, 15,000, 20,000, just because she was like running around the office doing a million things like on the go all the time. And she's like, what can I do? And she's living in like a downtown condo, like same thing, not a lot of space. Like it's not like she can just pace back and forth in her condo all day, even though that was one of the things I was like, try to have some of your meetings standing up, try to walk around while you're doing them. Um, But what we decided was that she was doing like one kind of um, virtual class, like workout class a day. And so we're like, why not do two? Like it's not necessarily like that's not a crazy thing right now to do two workouts a day if you're doing like 20% of the just activity level that your body's used to exactly so I think it's all just right now about like adjusting finding new habits and like you might not be there yet I would say that too like be gentle with yourself um like I I am like eternally an optimist and I spent like a good 48 hours where I was in my pajamas and literally just like eating almond butter out of a jar being like what am I going to do like how what happens so if you're still in that state it's fine just let yourself work your way through it and when you're ready like welcome and we're here to support you Mm -hmm. yeah the uh adjustments to um, the fit principle, F-I-T-T, frequency, mm-hmm. intensity, time, and type, um, kind of take take a reassessment of how we use the fit principle to everything that we do. So like cooking and how often, like what's yeah. the frequency, what's the intensity in which you're cooking, the time and the type of activity and type of food that you're using. As we apply that to different parts of our um, lifestyle, we can really start to hone in on the adapt, the, the new adaptations to this new world, this new construct that's been thrust upon mm-hmm. us. Uh, one thing that my brother, I'm, uh, Nathan, he, um, he mentioned to me a Thich Nhat Hanh, um, I guess, principle, but it's a Buddhist principle of, of non-doing. And um, I think that for me was very important to uh, shift from having to scramble and do all this content stuff. Hey, Julian, you're a personal trainer. You go back to this stuff and create a program and put it out online and whatnot. That really Mm -hmm. overwhelmed me. But there's parts of me that's also uh, accepting of the current situation and maybe sometimes the practice of non-doing can be quite helpful. Because I had the amount of energy spent thinking about doing stuff was just overwhelming that sometimes it's okay to take exactly a like it's nice it's to okay have an excuse to, to not do anything, not do anything. exactly mm-hmm. yeah 
Can I talk about one other thing that I just think is so hilarious (laughs) or, or however many other things you want to talk about, but, um, so, uh, I've been seeing a bunch of memes lately about COVID babies. Have you seen them? Okay. So it's so hilarious, but basically like there people are joking about how nine months from now there's going to be like a boom of babies because no one has anything to do. So like you're at home with your partner, your baby making maybe, um, which is, or, or either that or you're fighting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, or you're in aren't you? You're, you're... I'm 15, 15 weeks. So this is not a COVID baby. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's hilarious, but it's also probably true. And, and this is like kind of on topic, kind of off topic, but I'm a, so I am an active doctor, as I mentioned, I do specialize in women's health and fertility. And it is really important um, to prepare your body for pregnancy. So you want to be like well prepared um, before, let's say you have a COVID baby. Um, so the three month window before you get pregnant is really important. And it's really important because the life cycle of um, women's eggs and men's sperm is about three months. So what you're doing now is affecting eggs, egg and sperm quality three months from now. Um, so instead of like making COVID babies right now, what I would do is take this time where you have time to cook and time to exercise and, and do all the things to like get your body ready um, to, to have a baby. Exactly. Because now this is like, this is really like, this is what we can do. We're stuck at home. What can we do? We can like optimize our nutrition and our exercise and our um, mindset and, and so many other things. And then, um, Dr. Dina Kulich, who's a pediatrician in Toronto. And, um, I've been on her podcast moms that say F with a bunch of, um, signs after it. I'm not sure if we're allowed to say the F, F word on, on this podcast. So <laughs> anyways, but it's moms that say, um, so she, uh, is has been really present on social media lately and she was talking about how she's recommending for her um like couples that are her patients or I guess she treats their kids to maybe consider not getting pregnant right now because we don't know the impact of the COVID virus in first trimester um there's been many like babies born to COVID positive moms and, and they seem to be totally fine but first trimester is a time when um, it's a, things are a little bit more sensitive. So what she's recommending is to like, if possible, maybe try to like prevent pregnancy. So I'm not necessarily going that far because there's not research to support that. That's just her opinion. Um, but what I would say is like, if you have the time, like prepare your body for pregnancy. So definitely want to discuss this with your healthcare provider or your naturopath, your naturopathic doctor, your medical doctor, but here are just like the Coles notes. Um, so for ladies, you want to be taking a milli, uh, sorry, one milligram of a methylated form of folic acid a day. And this is usually not the folic acid that's in like the cheap prenatals. This is, you, when you look at the label, you want it to say methyl tetrahydrofolate or MTHFR or methylated folic acid, something like that. It's what you're looking for, um, for both men and women. So a lot of like, when we think about fertility, like we just naturally, most people think like women, but it's actually like infertility. If you look at causes of infertility, it's a third male, a third female, and then a third kind of unexplained or combined factor. So it, yeah, which is like a lot of people don't know. So um, what men are doing is really important as well too. And my husband, my husband knows this a hundred percent because I forced him to, uh, to kind of change his lifestyle quite a bit before um, we got pregnant for our three pregnancies. 
Um, so for both men and women, you want to try to avoid binge drinking, smoking marijuana, or, or marijuana just in general. Marijuana, we know, has a huge impact on sperm quality. And then also, like, yeah. Oh, really? Really. So, so I don't know the, um, the like, Pharmco connects behind it, but basically it decreases sperm count. Yeah. So, yeah. It's kind of scary for those people who are uh, really enjoying their yeah. time right but now. Yeah, but what's great is that, like, three months, like, like if you kind of change things up now, three months from now, it's going to have an impact. So it's not like, oh, like, I've been smoking marijuana every day for whatever like, oh, I'm screwed. No, it's not like that at all. It's basically like, okay, you just want to change that behavior before you get pregnant, ideally. I guess it's kind of like drinking, like, binge marijuana, exactly. smoking like is the, bad, but exactly. in moderation The odd bit here and there is not going to have as much of an impact. And same thing with alcohol. Like, you don't need right. to fully abstain from alcohol for three months before you get pregnant. Um, but definitely you want to try to avoid binge drinking. And then obviously recreational drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you're on a prescription medication, you want to talk to the medical doctor um, or natural doctor that prescribed it to make sure that, that it's safe or if there's an alternative, you should continue you want to think about your nutrition. So we've talked all about this, but like veggies and protein with every meal, not too much sugar, eating organic, making sure you're exercising. Because really when you're pregnant, that's not the time to be starting exercise. You want to be um, really comfortable in like an exercise routine before you get pregnant. Um, and then there's lots of nutrients that are really important for sperm health. Like we always talk about methylated folic acid for women. Um, but there's lots of things that can affect sperm health, like zinc and selenium and CoQ10 and uh, but you really want to talk to like your naturopathic doctor or your, or your medical doctor before you start taking those. But that's just like one side note. So are, these, <laughs> are these personalized things? Because like, is everyone different, or these are sometimes general things that like everyone? So the methylated folic acid is like across the board. If you're deficient in folic acid, you're going to have an increased chance of neural. Uh, your baby will have an increased chance of developing a neural tube defect. Um, so yeah, so the folic acid is, is always recommended. What I'm saying is make sure you're taking it in a methylated form. And the reason being is, is we now know from like looking at genetics that like up to 75% of the population don't methylate things well. So you're actually not going to absorb folic acid if it's not in a methylated form. Um, so that's why you want to be taking the methylated form and definitely like, uh, other things like the zinc and selenium and the CoQ10, that's not like a everyone should be taking it but depending on like age and health history and like um maybe how long you've been trying to get pregnant that type of thing they would just be things to consider but again you'd want to talk to your healthcare provider but i just thought when i started seeing the memes about the covid babies i first like laughed my head off and, and then and then was like oh but wait i wonder if these people know that you do want to prepare your body for pregnancy yeah it just makes general sense to um, not be in a stressed state 100%. trying to create 100%. a family, um, especially when you're not sure of the uh, structures like hospitals and whatnot available to you. If, you know, like say, like, I don't know, nine months from now is a long <laughs> time, but um, who knows right. what's going to happen, right? Yeah, 100%. So obviously you want to be in a really happy, healthy and secure situation and circumstance or going forward with something huge. Uh, <laughs> How we like diverge from our original topic, but I love it. 
I when I think about when I think about sperm health, I think about George yeah. Costanza and him saying like, "My my boys can swim." <laughs> he impregnated a woman or something like that <laughs> and everyone was like kind of like faulting him for doing that but he was just so elated that yeah. his sperm can yeah. swim <laughs> that's a, and being fertile is a really important thing i think uh i mean we can continue it's on like the a conversation big health indicator yeah yeah it's huge um but i think i think we can take a take a wrap on on, this, <laughs> on that uh, first podcast <laughs> On that note, boys swimming, um, there's there's a lot of things that we can continue going down through, but I think this is a really good first segue or first start um, for a, um, kind of hacks to stay healthy at home and, and you wrote to me social distancing done, right? These are some amazing tips and um, education that uh, you've Thanks, provided Julian. us and um, I'm really grateful that decided to come and do this podcast of course thanks so much for having me and i Um, hope um yeah basically what i'm trying to do is just to help people as much as i can in the capacity that i can right now so yeah anything that i can do to help um people to optimize their health i i that's where my passion lies Of course. What, uh, where can viewers find more information about you? Yeah, so I'm trying to get a little bit more um, present on social media. So my Instagram is Dr. Ashlyn ND. My name is also spelt pretty crazy. So it's spelt like Aisling. I'm sure Julian will have it in the notes for you, but it's Dr. Ashlyn ND on um, Instagram and on Facebook. And my website is www.ashlynnd.com. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, thank you so much again. And please send us a before <laughs> and after of your fridge. I think it would be so cool. Okay, to 100% see that. I will. All right. Well, Thanks, thank you Julian. so much, Aslan. Nice to see yes, you. Nice you to too. hear from you. And um, we'll catch up with you for part two, perhaps Sounds in great. the future. That was it. Thank you so much for listening to that podcast with special guest Dr. Ashling Lanigan and myself as we navigated hacks to stay healthy at home and social distancing done right. We explored many, many topics in, for example, opportunities to do things you don't have time for in daily life some great tips on how to grocery shop, also natural health products and supplements, and even tapping into the last subject of COVID babies, which is um, something that uh, Ashling was very keen on sharing. And I think it was very important for her to raise awareness around the uh, importance of preparing the body. for pregnancy and so forth so i hope you enjoyed that podcast and uh in future i'd love to hear your suggestions and questions and comments so please let me know on instagram you can find me at julianho.ca you can also find dr ashling at www.aislingnd.com 
and she's also on Instagram as well. So thank you again for listening and I hope you guys stay safe and sound and we'll see you on the next podcast. <laughs>